Welcome to MTG Evolving Wild. My name's Mark. I'm Ron. And I'm Cody. And today we're joined by special guest of the show, Mr. Jake. Hi. (laughs) Jake is... uh, for, he, he used to play a lot of magic with us. Uh, these days, he he does a lot of our audio editing for the podcast. He's a huge help. Huge round of applause, huge guys. Huge round of I'm going to give him a little... He's just slapping, slapping, random, slapping, parts. We're slapping random parts of our body to show our appreciation huge for our friend Jake. Huge slap of our body for Jake. <laughs> right yeah, now. now for real. I mean, Jake. Jake has been a really close friend of ours for years and years now. And you know, we've been friends outside of Magic before we played Magic. And you know, um, it was kind of exciting because we did get to start our journeys with you. And so I'm um, hoping yeah. we get to explore. Why don't Why don't you say a little Magic hello, Jake? Hello. Uh, hey. It's It is great to be here. Thank you. I've I've had your voices in my ears <laughs> for dozens of hours at this point i think <laughs> and and we're only on season 2 um plenty more hours to come it's, sir i'm i'm going to hate editing this cuz i have to listen to my own voice like on repeat <laughs> um but I'm i've, with I've you, been Jake. very excited to be here so, yeah man we're so excited to have you like i i'm just like you know, I know you've been out of like actually playing magic for a little while, but um, for you to be on here, for you to get some some enjoyment listening to the pod and, and just like helping us work on it and now being here, we're all like super hyped for it. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm curious before before all this magic, the gathering hullabaloo, <laughs> uh, where where did you start with trading card games in general or did you have a history before magic the gathering um never never actually like trading or legitimately playing but like definitely had little stints of uh of collecting things i remember i was probably like eight and i was at some random thrift store with my mom and there was i forget if it was a binder or just a box of random cards from like a dozen different collectible games like there was some marvel heroes card collectible trading card game um i think star wars stuff um random sports things i think one of the first things that i ever got um was did were ever any of you ever into like the nba much yeah, I, I'm a big NBA. Do you know guy. who uh, Tracy McGrady was? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, was it Tracy? I don't know. Someone who maybe was uh, was on the Kings at some point when I grew up in Sacramento opened a restaurant, and if you like ate off the kids menu at the end of the meal, they would give you like four random like trading cards for random sports, and That's I got them, and cool. I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing. And then someone told me that like trading cards were worth money and i was like oh okay (laughs) now this is really cool yeah then i was you know every time you walk into target it's like you peek down that aisle and it's like there could be like thousands of dollars worth of of cards in one of those packs and Um, in most of those packs there could even be 50 cents of cards in them if you're lucky yeah in total (laughs) in total yeah so so i would i i yeah i think it all those cards from that thrift store came in a binder um and i had a just so much random stuff. Um, I even got like, my parents got me a Guinness book of world records book from like 2007. And in the center, they had these little punch out like cards of like 
like the dog that could fit the most tennis balls in its mouth and all these like random things. And oh, so and they I had would, like, like cards of those? Yeah. So Whoa. I would just like throw anything that resembled a card into my my new binder. Um, there was some random... It was kind of a, a, a collectible game. It was a Pirates of the Caribbean game where they, they came with these little plastic cards that had punch out things and you could like assemble a little ship and then there was like the card that came with it had like stats and i, I think you were supposed to like build a little fleet and like battle and do stuff but i, I would just like, like i remember that i would just shove anything that almost like resembled some kind of collectible card thing into this binder dude, dude. was it a big binder like it was uh no it was probably like a, a one one inch binder but i just wanted like everything that i could possibly find um and then, yeah, eventually I started playing Pokemon with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And when I was 10, I think, um, that was after we moved down to SoCal. And I went back to visit with him. And we went to Target and bought, like, one of those those tins. Oh. I know the tins, yeah. The tins. And because this was, like, Gen 4. And we bought we bought one of those. And we're just, like, we had no idea how to play. I think... I think when Jacob was on, it was kind of a similar thing of like when you're little, it's like you don't know the mechanics of the game. Like I didn't know how the energy worked or anything. It was just like just I still don't just know. ignore that shit. Like <laughs> just just get the shiniest, like coolest looking, most evolved oh, yeah. Pokemon you possibly can. Um that's still so, how most people play. Yeah. <laughs> I think back at that Gen four time, I think I, I must have gotten a tin too. I remember getting a tin around uh-huh. that time, like just opening them and you know, probably none of the cards are anything right now, but it was yeah. really fun, like finding the evolution lines and them all being shiny or whatever. Yeah, uh, I I went up to Sacramento to visit like by myself. I think my parents gave me like sixty bucks for like food and like spending money for for the week. And I think I ran out of food money because I spent it all on Pokemon, <laughs> and I felt like so awkward. Because we went to like pizza or something, and I like tell my friend's grandma like, "Oh yeah, I I don't have any money actually," <laughs> uh, but I like I knew I was like I felt like I was in trouble because I knew I was supposed to save enough for for money, but I was also like eleven, so it's expected. Yeah, Dude. I, I, I want to go back in time and give young Jake like a mischief pack, like one of those random packs that have like cards with like random IDs and just like random like like, like it, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's just the funniest yeah. thing. And that just reminds me of like Jake's collection. Mm, yeah, <laughs> just like random stuff in there, some guy's ID, they're like uh work your like identification card. Yeah, out. for real like no. like oh god. Like that's... a gift card to somewhere <laughs> just in Jake's card collection. He's got an Arby's gift card. An Uno reverse card is in there. This is like some setup for like some some X Files or like Dexter episode where I just like am collecting people's IDs and (laughs) slowly piece together like a string of murders that I've committed. No, no, yeah, no, he's trying to write a ransom note. (laughs) So um, you really go pretty far back with a lot of like collectible card things, like just getting all kinds of random stuff and then getting into Pokemon and stuff. Did you play any kind of like, so obviously there's like the collecting aspect of it, but then there's like the game aspect of it. Yeah. Did you get into playing Pokemon at all? Or what, when did you get into like playing with trading cards? I think I played a tiny bit when they had like, um, you could play Pokemon online, like the actual card game 
with the actual mechanics and everything of, of using energy. And I, I played that a little bit. Um, probably would have been Hearthstone was like the first time I played. Like, and obviously, like that's a a collectible card game that's just digital. But I was curious to hear about your Hearthstone days. Yeah. So um, I had a lot of friends that I played games with who were really into a bunch of different Blizzard stuff. Um, and I had played like a little bit of World of Warcraft. Um, so I knew like some of the characters that were in Hearthstone, but, um, just a lot of the people that I played with who were kind of like an older generation of, of people who are into like nerdy stuff than I was, um, who had probably played like magic back in the day when Hearthstone came out, they were all playing it. And so... Just as soon as it dropped, I started playing um, and, and got pretty into it. What do you think, like, for, like, since you've played Hearthstone but haven't played Magic prior to when we started playing, um, was it, like, a pretty easy transition over from, like, you know, you learned how to play with Hearthstone and then, you know, someone explained to you the rules of Magic. Do you think you picked it up maybe a little faster because you I'm, knew? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Because even, you know, if, if I tried to go from, like, pokemon to magic i mean there is some kind of energy like mana type system resource management exactly um it's i mean i would say that hearthstone's a little bit more complicated um Mm. but i think because there's similar mechanics in some sense uh, of um having like haste Mm-hmm. versus like rush or okay. like you know i think one of the biggest differences to me was like um was was kind of like how blocking worked and stuff but you know that it was right. it, it didn't take a lot of explaining to to be like okay here's all the differences yeah um not to get too off but like when you were explaining Lorcana to me like there, there's certain card games where it's like you you can't target like a player or something like yeah that. The, you know at least it, there was enough similarity of right attacking like face versus like attacking a creature or or things like that um even even types of of decks and like themes like there's no there's classes which are kind of similar to like colors and hearths um yeah the classes in hearthstone are similar to colors but um you know like there were token themed decks which was actually right. interesting because playing hearthstone like i had no reference for why it would be called a token but i understood what it was was you were creating like a bunch of a bunch of creatures that weren't like just the cards um it it was not until like we were playing hard or uh magic like kind of significantly and and i started playing a deck that used tokens and i was like oh wait this is like this is why it's this called is probably why it's named that, that. that's yeah. so crazy that's really cool though um so that was your yeah i was gonna say like i noticed like there's certain things about like a lot of trading card games um could you remind me how hearthstone's resource system works is it like turn by turn you get more things automatically yeah so you start with with like one mana crystal um Hmm. and then just every turn you get a subsequent extra one that ref so you start with one, you have one to use. Turn two, you have two. It resets, you know, it, your mana fills back up every every new turn. Um, and then once you get to 10, it caps. 
um, there's cards that can like affect how much mana you have. Um, like you can, like there's there's ramp type stuff of yeah. like you know spend two and then you get an extra one on top of whatever you're gonna get for I next think turn. A, a very interesting thing about a lot of card games that are similar but different to Magic: The Gathering, like one of the main things I notice is that they try to change the resource system so that you never um have to like miss a land drop or or mm-hmm. you, you're guaranteed to get you're the never resource. mana screwed you're never mana screwed you don't have to build your deck around playing with resources and it's it i just i just have noticed that like whenever people try to reiterate the game or mm-hmm. like update a, a card game where it's like magic like uh with lorcana you mentioned they have like a whole different resource system mm-hmm. that i think is a bit more forgiving than magic is with um the lands right but probably not as forgiving as hearthstone yeah not as forgiving as hearthstone i would say um but it's uh it's just interesting to me that there there are like those resource changes and, and that's usually what the thing that's changed is yeah there's there's things that i always wonder if they're in place like that to be more approachable games um but also sometimes like I don't think that that would be an example, but I, I wonder for those digital only card games, if there's certain things that mechanically are different because it's not like a physical oh, there, format. There definitely are. There's even been uh, with Magic the Gathering an attempt to make this format called Alchemy, which is an online exclusive format where they have cards that do things that could not be done in paper. Like uh, Perpetually, perpetually, I think, is like one of the big things. It's like things that will remember power and toughness or rules text changes even when it's in your hand or in your library. Or or it'll be like things where they add like cards to your library. Like, and, you know, things like where you can put certain things at certain points in your library or at certain points in your graveyard and the the computer does all the checking for you keeping track of it in person would be kind of insane that was that was a a big mindset shift playing paper magic was like counters and stuff and it's like oh i have to like keep track of everything. yeah it's not just doing it for me it's like uh jake and skeet swarm oh my god oh, yeah oh my god so i mean it's just exponentials yeah. so it's math that kind of is a good place to to dive into where you started getting into magic i believe i reached out to you one day and was like hey jake do you ever like to play trading card games I actually I don't know if the, I don't remember if this came up much, but I had, I had played before we played. Oh, okay. Very very briefly. Very okay, briefly. yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so I had a friend who had been into magic for quite a while. Um, he was working at Starbucks, like not far far from where I'd been living in college, and um, I don't know. He just asked me like if I wanted to play this this game with him, which he he had been big into Yu Gi Oh before, which I had never played. Well. I tried one time with my friend. I had no idea what was going on. It didn't help that he didn't either. Oh, again, we're, again, we were like nine. So Yu-Gi-Oh is one of those games. <laughs> but um, he he started explaining Commander to me because that's that's what he had been playing, um, and had kind of a little pod that would he'd play with like on the very odd occasion. But um, he basically was like, "Hey, do you want to try this?" And I was like, "Sure." And then he. Um, he would just play with me at Starbucks when he got off his shift and we would just do like one V one commander. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and played a, a, a handful of times with him. And then I like went with him to watch a whole like commander game, oh, um, cool. which was, which was cool, but it was also kind of like lame to sit there for like two hours, just watching oh, four God. other people play. Yeah. Oh, uh, that does yeah. sound rough. And this was at a, a different game. era of commander too. And the games were a little bit slower and you know, you didn't have as many built for commander things that tend to speed games up. I feel. Yeah. Right? This would have been, um, 2016. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, Definitely how different the landscape was, but there there would have been some commander products, but even in the time since we started playing, they've really pumped the market full of like commander specific cards. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you uh, watched them uh, play for two yeah, hours. <laughs> I, I remember honestly, like he he made me very aware of like the cardboard crack kind of element of it, of like how hard people get into the game. Yeah. And I remember at the time I was like, I don't have the money for this. Like I, I know that as soon as I like let myself get into this, I'm just going to like fall really hard and just mm-hmm. start spending like all of my extra money on it, which <laughs> yep. at the time I had zero. And I was like, I'll just, we'll try this later. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when I'm like retired <laughs> and I have put like a pension that I can blow. Yeah. <laughs> put it on pause and, and pick it up a bit later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after that commander game, was that the like kind of last experience you had with it yeah. before? I reached out to mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, then I hit you up, said, have you heard of this game? Do you want to try like playing with me? It looks like they have cheap decks online mm-hmm. and kind of ha- started that dialogue back and forth. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, did we play? Cause you had a feather deck. I built a mm-hmm. feather deck yeah. because I wanted to play commander right. and like, I found the one I wanted. So it was really a matter of me building the deck first before playing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started reaching out to people. I reached out to Jacob a bit because he got me into it. I reached out to you and I think to Ron at the time before he was into it mm-hmm. and uh, and was just like, hey, like, do you want to get games in? And I yeah. think, what did you look around online at all and like end up buying a pre-con or... I think I just went into a. There's a comic book store that sold magic cards near my parents' house, and uh, I just like walked in one day. I think, I think what I actually did was, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and didn't. I I, I kind of bought like a precon under the pretense of it maybe being a birthday present for you. I think I did get you something <laughs> else. <laughs> Like like a pack or something, but I was like, ah, I was just gonna pick this up maybe as like a present for, for Mark, and then I was like, ah, I'm gonna keep Fine. this. This yeah. is this is mine, <laughs> dude. I'm and so that was my, happy. And that, and that was, was the Obun precon, was it yeah. not? Yeah. yeah, which I really liked. Um, I we, think I think I had always kind of leaned green when I even had played a tiny bit before, um, but. Yeah, it, it, it seemed really fun. Um, I think when I was in the store, I looked up some reviews of the pre-con real quick and it seemed like pretty decent. Um, it wasn't too expensive or anything, but it was... Yeah, it was, it was those $20 pre-cons. Yeah. I still had days. those. I know. It those was, were the best. Yeah, it was it was a really nice jumping off point as a, a landfall deck, um, especially as a beginner. It's super nice to have a deck where you really don't have to worry too much about getting your land drops 
Right. Um, and the cool thing is you get to use those resources quite literally mm-hmm. to beat people with them yep. with that specific deck. You don't even need to tap them for mana. You just hit people with them. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I think that is an element of the game that I, I don't want to say pre-cons are definitely not being moved away from, but them being like at that $20 price point was an experiment that they kind of had for a little bit that I honestly think they did for three sets. And you happen to start playing when one of those sets was still like kind mm-hmm. of out on the market. Um, and that I, I really, really wish they stuck with that. Even if they filled the decks up with like, you know, penny cards or mm-hmm. like, just like honestly junk, like, but if, if it's a functional commander deck that right. someone could sit down to a table to and play like a game with, cause mm-hmm. Even if your deck doesn't have all the crazy stuff in it, like there are commander games where you slide by, get away, and then have a big board and and go that way. I mean, the starter decks are kind of in that range. I think they were like twenty five bucks per deck. The, the the new ones that came out, yeah, the, this last decks. year. I I know at the time they were. I don't know exactly where they were at like throughout it all but i remember starting to see them closer to the 30 dollar range which is definitely i mean for someone really just starting to play i feel like 20 dollars and 30 dollars like as a first purchase might be a Uh, bit of a difference i mean yes but they're also very cohesive decks like they're very like built around strong synergies decent land bases you know like well let's ask jake if i mean because just because you have less (laughs) less info or less you're less entrenched with all this do you think like regardless of the cohesion like yeah I, i agree with you they're better decks now but regardless of the cohesion do you think like having that $20 commander deck versus there being a $30 one would make like a big difference to you. If you were like just getting into it, like let's say that Obun deck was like $30 or, or 29, 99, 28, something like that. It it could, I mean, 10 bucks isn't like too bad. I think 20 versus like 40 is like feel, yeah. feels pretty significant, especially when you're first coming into it, thinking of it more as just a game and not like, a game that includes these like little assets that you're like collecting mm-hmm. and like yeah. investment pieces, yeah. um, building you know, your per- portfolio. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like not, not looking at when you first start out, you just look at the price of the deck. You don't look mm-hmm. at like, okay, here's the deck list and here's how every individual card shakes down price wise. And it's like, you know, you're not watching, reviews about like here's the actual additive value of this deck if you were to buy everything on like tcg trader or something Mm -hmm. you're just looking at it like a a, it's a little box that you buy at target or wherever um because you don't know about like yeah people on youtube who who explain all this stuff that's right really interesting perspective i think coming into it as like uh uh like looking at it as like a board game, which Commander really is more so than regular Magic the Gathering. But but looking at it more as like, oh, I'm gonna buy this like board game thing. Exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. No, it's crazy. I, I was just looking up some of the pre-cons while we were talking about it. And so, yeah, it's weird because you have some pre-constructed decks now that are going as high as $100. And that's like at target price, you know? Yeah. Like if you're seeing the Commander Masters. Masters ones, like with the Eldrazi and the Slivers, I've seen pictures of them being charged for like $105 for a pre-constructed deck. And again, they're probably the best pre-constructed decks we've got like ever up till this point. But Still, it, it's absurd that you're trying to get a new player into this game and saying, here, here's a one-time box that's probably not going to last you your whole like gaming career. In fact, you might want to upgrade it after two months, and we're going to charge you a very premium price on it. And now I'm looking, and I'm seeing the brand new Wilds of Eldraine Commander decks on TCG Player. The Virtue and Valor, the green-white deck, has a market price of $24 on TCG Player. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure it's probably like forty dollars if you buy it at, at some kind of store. I think the Fade Dominion one ran me about forty, forty-five bucks. Yeah. I think yeah. there's the. This is also kind of the problem with them taking away MSRP. Is yeah. like it's entirely based on demand now. So Ron was talking about these uh, Eldrazi decks, like or, or this Eldrazi precon. There were four precons in this set. Two of the precons people really wanted, and two of them people were like more mid about. The two that people really wanted are running closer to a hundred dollars at a lot of stores. A lot of people will sell them closer to a hundred. I mean, the ones that people are mid about are still going for like sixty. I want to say fifty. Yeah, like around fifty, 50 60. sixty. They're all fantastic out of the box. It's just a matter of themes and stuff. Right. Uh, actually, like every time I've seen like gameplay video of them, like straight out of the box. The Eldrazi and the Sliver are really like low grade, meh, like not good decks in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's honestly yeah. just the the name or like the 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 pieces included that are driving it up. But regardless of that, like it's just it's this supply and demand kind of like um thing now rather than it being like here's a $20 commander deck you know now it's like okay like well this store is selling this one of the commander decks for 35 and this one for 40 and this one is going for 25 right now in certain places and it it, it just if, to look at it as a board game it makes it so weird because it's like why are these different like you know, things I can play with different expansions of this board game co costing all this different money all over the place. Looking at it as like a person who knows the card values, it starts to make a little more sense, but I really don't think they should have gone away from the MSRP system. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's interesting to see how uh, your experience would have been going in now versus then, but, you know, when you did get into the game and once you got that pre-con and we kind of had our original pod set up with, like, you, me, and... Mark and stuff. I mean, how, how did you feel kind of going into that? And how was your experience kind of like moving from, oh, yeah, I kind of just play to like, you know, hey, I'm into this and now I have a regular group I play with? Um, I think it, it was kind of a natural transition f because we were already like doing D&D. &D. I think that was a, yeah. a pretty um, big facilitator in us having kind of a pod because mm. for the most part, when when we were playing magic it was it was the three of us yeah um when we first started because it was like it was just me and mark yeah. doing 1v1 commanders and like i think obun could have done okay in a pod but like 
1v1 versus a feather deck. I was just getting cream. It's still, it's still horrifying now. It was yeah, so it's, it's it was really... ridiculous that that. But you know, like we, I didn't know anything about balancing with commander. I don't think you knew too much about it at the time. But we would play those games a lot, and it'd be like damn like this deck this feather deck is really good wow why am i so good at magic yeah yeah right like i just started playing am i just really much smarter than jake i'm just winning most of these games like jake is really needing to step his (laughs) what what was interesting that i noticed that happened was once ron got a deck and started getting involved in the pods it would be like me and ron like racing to get the biggest thing out on the board Uh first and then we probably went to take each other out first and then whoever was left at the end died to the scoot swarm that jake was just building up in the background or if we blew up enough we would just kill jake immediately afterwards yeah that was that was like you know i think after it was the three of us playing in in a little pod i started to take apart the deck and and reformat it um turned it into the Aloro deck no. no, no, you he, turned it into Omnath because Omnath. you decided you needed I had, blue yeah, to stop I had, our bullshit. I had, I, had, <laughs> yeah, I had three decks that all started with O. Um, no, Omnath, which was super fun. The four I, I had color built, Omnath. I had tried to build an Aloro deck right. that was so complicated and like that. expensive. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was by the point. It was the three of us, and and I started to see like the politicking, and I <laughs> think oh, Ron loved his politics from the start. That was Still a little. Bad. That was a little bit of like a deterrent of like it was. I don't know. It's it's interesting because I didn't play a ton in a four player pod, but there was so much of like you know someone someone's gonna be mad about what i do <laughs> and they're both trying to convince me right now of like don't hit the yeah hit the other guy it would start to become like such a rock convoluted kind of rock paper scissors but it was like if you don't hit me in three turns i i'll, <laughs> I'll give you something contract yeah, yeah it was it was <laughs> people were like pitching and making sales and stuff and it was just like I got it. Uh, we're supposed to kill each other. Like yeah. that's the point of the game. <laughs> there's there's an aspect of uh, commander. Uh, it's one that when we have talked to some people who are not like in Magic the Gathering but don't play commander, one of the deterrents for them is the politics. I definitely think there's an aspect where I have at times been dissuaded because of the politics as well, because it does feel like. You know, in in a typical game, you think, okay, I'm going to try to set up my thing so that I can win the game, and that's that. But in Commander, it's like, okay, if you are the best at setting up your game plan, you now have three people attacking you. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, if you look too scary, maybe everyone's going to be looking at you when another person is actually about to win. Or something along those lines. It's it's way more of a different experience than than I would say playing a typical 
game of Magic the Gathering, sometimes yeah. even a typical game of anything. Right. Right. It totally is different. And I think for me, that's kind of what attracts me to Commander. I know a lot of people don't like politics, and some people even get annoyed with my politics specifically. But I will say, you know, for me, that's a difference between Commander and just, you know, 1v1 slinging spells. Because in 1v1, you don't want to make deals with your opponent. You want them dead. It's not going to serve you any better to get potentially dicked over by a deal you made. But with Commander, you know, it's almost like, a mafia or like one night ultimate werewolf or something where you're trying to convince people, Hey, I'm not the werewolf. I'm not the bad guy. And you need to kind of play that social aspect of the game. And that's what makes it a lot more engaging and you get funny moments and, and cool moments potentially from that. Sometimes there are feel bads. Sure. But there are feel bads with magic all the time when you're playing a wild West format that pretty much everything is legal in. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, it's just like you got to also remember that you're at such a disadvantage having three opponents versus yeah. just one. So, like, the politics does really kind of matter in the long run when you think about it. You know, like, you got to. Yeah, some people will outright ignore you and say, oh, you're politicking? Okay, I'm targeting you now because you're politicking. And it happens. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's another dimension to the game. It's it's a w- way more of a social game, I think, um, and and it, it's interesting because there's a lot of workarounds. Like some people will see that they have not had a fun game of Commander and be like, okay, I don't want to play against counter spells ever again. Or they'll go into a game of Commander where you know they've really successfully politicked and it like didn't work out for them, or they didn't politic at all and it didn't work out for them. And people, I think, find a lot of different ways to fix these problems. Um, and, and because of that, like, I think it really is a social format because you're probably going to have the best times when you have kind of established what you want to do in the game and have been able to join a group with the same, like, mindset. Notion, mindset yeah. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. if you, if you want to play a game with absolutely no uh politicking whatsoever there's like a commander game for you out there at this Mm -hmm. point if you want to play a commander game where all you do is try to make deals with people then play with commander table for you out there with three rons at the table (laughs) i I, I was gonna say actually you know if you want to be a fourth in r3 pod like (laughs) that that's probably going to be your experiences that you encounter just nothing but politicking and you know what i noticed it's gonna be us three you me uh yeah cody me and mark just one person's gonna go off the other two are doing everything in their power to knock them down a peg and we're just infighting and then you're just kind of looking at like like you degenerates yeah like looking at these three bozos like beating each other up not getting anything done like, <laughs> no my cardboard you... is stronger no his cardboard is actually more dangerous yeah, yeah. and then you. we all have to like th- like th- try to convince the people that like don't know what's going on who's the biggest threat when all of us are really just doing horrible degenerate shit on the table <laughs> um to get back to you, Jake, um, I, I wanted to, to kind of <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> to like talk about. So I know you were mentioning uh, you took that little pause in the early moments of playing Commander right. with your friend. You saw that, oh, this is a cardboard crack route. I remember <laughs> right about after you and me started playing, maybe mm-hmm. Ron got in. There was a point in time where I, um, you know, I was, I would say I was fairly into the game at the time. I was buying stuff here and there, but um, you, you blew me away with how much you bought and how quickly (laughs) I was like, whoa, like, 
I remember you bought f- five of the Strixhaven yeah. pre-con. I bought boxes. I bought all all of the the pre-release pre-release boxes because yeah, they the had one per kits. house or whatever they were called. Yeah. Um, now part of that was just me being like a sucker as like <laughs> as a customer. Like I went to this shop and I was gonna buy I think just one or two, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, "Hey, you know." We're actually offering a discount if you buy all five, and I was like, "Well, a ten dollar oh, discount." <laughs> I just have to spend like two hundred bucks or whatever it was, and I was like, "I'd be stupid not to." So I just bought <laughs> bought all of it on top of like whatever order I had gone there to to pick up for like my other commander decks. That's right. Um, yeah, that was like the first set that I was around for kind of the whole life cycle because. Um, what was what was Oboon? Was that Zendikar Rising? That was yeah. Zendikar okay. Rising. So I got that one. Uh, whenever I started playing was like... You started playing... Right after Kaldheim had yeah, come out? Yeah, right after Kaldheim. That's so, what kind of both of us Yeah, did. it was kind of like I would just go and I would just grab packs uh, from this store for Zendikar Rising or Kaldheim. But I, I hadn't really been into the game enough to like see the life cycle so it was like i was into it enough that i was watching videos and like understanding what pre-release even was like Mm -hmm. um and then strixhaven was announced and and was coming out and i kind of got to watch the whole thing and so it was the first one where i was like oh i i get to like participate in in a pre-release or in some fashion we didn't go to like a, a an event but like i just purchased some of the, the pre-release boxes and at stuff. that time i don't think i even knew what like limited was or what that mm-hmm. pre-release format was so you know you bought yeah. these boxes and i just figured these are little promo boxes that you right that's what it little, felt little like goodies I mean, in them. yeah i mean it, it came in like a cool themed box for all the little color combos and yeah there was like a a dice theme to each each one lo and, and behold you can actually take these boxes open them up put right. a deck together out of everything you open and play against other people with it yeah it was also a rude awakening after the set was like out out of understanding that when cards are in pre-release like the value that they're at on online is not, not reflective of yeah so i was yeah. like looking at all these cards that would eventually become like one cent cards at but they, it said that they were like a couple bucks each and i was like oh my god i have yeah. like a thousand dollars in cards here <laughs> and then like you know two weeks later it's like i still had like a gold span dragon or something but yeah i remember aside, you pulled that that, that one was called time time. yeah i remember i remember when you got that, that, that collect you you told me like you went to this random store. They had like one collector booster pack on the wall. You picked it up and opened like a borderless gold span dragon oh, or something. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's wild to me. I'm looking at Strixhaven right now. The most expensive card in that set is only like $15. And that's yeah. the if, borderless crackle yeah, of power. I, I, don't, I don't remember that set being we, great. Well, they the had the super cool archives. Was, right, yes, not including those, mystical those archives. Spells. Right. Those were really. Oh, uh, that's when I got the Teferi's protection. That's when you got the Teferi's yep. protection. Yeah, that, that was a big hit. That's a good one. So, yeah, that was like, I think that was a lesson for all of us, right? Because I remember I opened like a pretty decent card from my uh, Strixhaven box as well, mm-hmm. and like I think the pre-release kit was thirty or so dollars, and I remember opening this card and I'm like. Oh my God, guys! I got a thirty dollar card. Right. Like this is the whole box yeah. right here. 
and then three dollars <laughs> yeah well, I, I don't think it went that that uh that far down but it was like you know now now like you know the set came out the sets released and maybe like dropped more than half of its value like um really quickly and i remember yeah definitely you learned a lesson from mm-hmm. that i learned a big lesson from that but i remember that like i learned from your mistakes yeah you, yeah. you came in and uh, learned from our mistakes but i remember that that pre-release kind of cycle of like oh this is exciting this is expensive this is like sought after and then the whole set actually hits the market mm-hmm. and all the prices drop and it's like oh i actually you know i thought i had 200 dollars, but yeah. actually i have 50 dollars yeah. or whatever um mm-hmm. what set came after that was it Ad- adventures in the forgotten realms so i really only like was super active for like two sets pretty much basically you were you were yeah. active that's the thing like i remember it fe- felt like a longer time because it was such an integral part of my mm-hmm. well there was also modern magic. horizons 2 that came oh no we did, well. we did that yeah i um, forgot about that completely that yeah so strict haven then modern horizons 2 and that's yeah. when yeah. cody got yeah. into it yeah Cody yeah. got into it, Modern Horizons 2. Okay, so there were three sets. Um, I remember Modern Horizons 2 coming out and uh-huh. you buying stuff. And we were all trying to get the monkey and none of us really got the monkey. Oh, wait, I Cody monkey. Cody he's, bought a box and got the monkey. He's the one who traded me my Enchantress Commander, which I still run to this I day. I remember that. I remember... You're responsible uh, for my most degenerate deck. Who, who's it again? Sithis. Harvest Hand. Uh, yeah, we'll I, mean, show I you don't even later. remember that shit. this dick. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, but we uh, we definitely played through that. I remember there was a lot of excitement there. But but the thing that I was remembering is like I remember you got into it really fast. You bought all these boxes. You were super into the game, like getting even more stuff and getting some commander decks. And then I remember you also got out of the game pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like. Uh, a spark you know like you were you really burned fast and bright and then yeah and then and but but it it kind of made me wonder like i imagine this happens with a lot of people with magic the gathering because there's all this exciting stuff to kind of get into and and explore and dive into i've heard you know plenty of people say they've they've gone in and out of magic the gathering multiple times like they you know are into it and then they stop playing for 20 years they get back into it later and then maybe intermittent breaks there but it it makes me wonder if the way they've designed this game now is not meant to retain players but more so to get like people to impulse buy stuff like spend their money and then get burned out right away, but it doesn't matter because more people will just because they've already buy. gotten all the money. Right, they've gotten the money from the person, and their advertising or their whatever strategies are good enough it, to get another person to just like take that person's place. Yeah, I feel like you know, as someone who goes down a lot of rabbit holes and and can get into like different hobbies pretty quickly, and like you know, if I find like a new kind of flavor of the week from for myself. I'll just, you know, disappear into that new thing, whether it be like getting really into making espresso or like golf marshmallows or marshmallows or whatever it is, you know, making something or like doing some new sport or game or whatever it is. I think one of the differences with, with magic for me as where it's, as far as where it's sat is like my 
investment in that short period of time doesn't feel like it. I, I'm left with something significant that I can come back to it with. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, to be succinct, like if I if I get really into golf and I buy like a set of clubs and I'm like going all the time and like hitting up the range and trying to golf a lot, and then stop. Like I still have my clubs. I still have all my stuff. I can just go back and get back into it. Or like a, a lot of things I feel like you can do a big initial investment with like time and resources and like trying to learn the thing. And then you can kind of come back to it with a lot of the same stuff. But it, it felt like when I stopped playing, so many sets were still coming out. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was just like getting way left behind. And it also felt like if I wanted to stay in it, it was going to be so much keeping to keep, to keep up of. with like um you know i i still have my decks and i can still like come back and play like there's there's no reason that i can't play like with my omnath deck and, yeah, and commander totally. or something yeah, like you've still... been able to play that and win with pods against our more current yeah decks. it's yeah. totally viable um i think but you'll have com- like three of us being like oh you should put this card in you should put that card in oh what like, is that card dude? compared to a, yeah compared to a lot of other games it's like there's so much of like all these cards people are playing and it's like, I have no idea what that does. I don't like every time someone plays a card, I don't want to like, can I see that? What does mm-hmm. that do? Try and figure out like, okay, how's this going to fit into like a whole deck as opposed to like, if you're playing with someone who understands like most sets and most types of cards and, and themes. It, 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 yeah. It was just the a lot to keep up with. Of the game can be, I mean, like a big learning curve just to like even keep up with stuff. I I totally get what you're saying. And I wish, I mean, this was the problem that I think more people were talking about around the time that you were into it and then got out of it was just how many products were coming out and how crazy it was that like just nonstop products are getting dumped. It's like never... Like, like, it's always spoiler season. Like, as soon as one set is basically done getting spoiled and about to be released, like, another set starts getting, like, new cards revealed for it. And it's this, like, never-ending, unstoppable cycle of previews and sneak peeks mm-hmm. and buy the next thing and we're going to release this card that's going to go... It is crazy overwhelming. Like, I know we've talked about it in former episodes, but it, it truly is a detriment to more casual players, I think. Um, Do we want to go through the list of how many sets have come out since Jake has stopped? Oh, boy. I, I do want to get I've maybe got... Jake's impression of some of these. So last one that uh, that came out since uh, you played. you since played Forgotten Realms. A- right? Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And it was Innistrad. Mm-hmm. We had, we're including Jumpstart and stuff. We got Innistrad Midnight Hunt. We had Innistrad Crimson Vow, which was Vampire Wedding. We had Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, which was like cyberpunk uh, meets, yeah, yeah, like Japan. We had Streets of New Capenna, which was like mobsters. We had Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, which was a whole other command. Like like, Forgotten Realms, but for Commander, basically. Then there was Double Masters 2022. Then there was uh, Dominaria United, which had way more legendary creatures. Then there was the Warhammer 40k collab, where they had four new. But those were just like decks. precons, though. 
It was a pretty significant. It was thing like a hundred something unique yeah. cards or something like that. Then they had Unfinity, which was the newest unset, and it had legal cards in Commander in it, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, no more silver bordered. Now they just have a little acorn at the bottom. That if you need they're to look illegal, for. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the Brothers War, which was like an artifact heavy set that had to do a lot with Magic's history. Uh, in that set, they had Transformers cards. Then there was Jumpstart 2022, which they already... weren't including Jumpstarts. I'm, I'm mentioning it. They had I... new cards in that set. <laughs> there were a lot of relevant commander cards in that uh, set. Yeah, even more things printed in. Then they did Dominaria Remastered. You remember Time Spiral Remastered, right? That came out around the time you were playing as mm-hmm. well. Dominaria Remastered was kind of like a sequel to that, but like focusing on the history of Dominaria. Then there was Phyrexia All Will Be One, which is like the big bad uh phyrexian episode and then there is march of the machine which is like part two of avengers endgame or whatever with all these crazy things happening all over the place i love how jake stopped counting i mean it's just <laughs> cody's got it was, the counter that's up. what 14 yes uh yeah. then there's march of the machine aftermath which they made like these new little packs that are like six cards deep they're very small and it was a like a little epilogue set. epilogue pack is what they were called then they did Lord of the Rings. Then they did... Oh, I did buy one Lord of the Rings oh, pack. Uh, oh, Jake Stinky. just, just one. But. I also remember for my birthday one year, you bought me a Dominaria remaster. Oh, yeah. Pack. Okay. I, I remember getting that at the shop, and I was like, this is awesome. Then they had Commander Masters, which was like a Commander set, pretty much. Then they had the current set, Wilds of Eldraine. And All the, of those have commander products, or most of them have commander products attached. Well, and then there's going to be uh, the Doctor Who commander set. Coming out right around the corner. I mean, it, I think it, by the time this airs, it's going to be coming yeah, out. Yeah, probably. Right. But yeah, so since you started, so uh, when you left the game, so Adventures in Forgotten Realms came out uh, J- July 23rd, 2021. There have been that many 18. Sets. 18. Jeez. So eight, eight, 18 and 18. Just over two years. Yes. And these are all like, like again, we're not including everything. These are just like the commander relevant right. sets that yeah. have a significant. It's almost 10 per year. Uh, yeah, more, it's, yeah it's more than that more. if you're including it's, some of the it's like one, It's like I've every one and a half things. months there's a new set coming out of some kind. Yeah, this isn't including all the Commander pre-cons that have come out. Uh, this isn't including some of the other like promo when online did, stuff. When did like, Zendikar Rising come out? 2020, 2020, late 2020, I think fall 2020. So Is that right? You know, I, I feel like... Zendikar Rising came out uh, 9-25, 2020. Yes, it was right. So from September late september mm-hmm. to july and we're looking around nine months of the, the the roughly period that i played but you didn't play when zendikar rising came not out. when it you, came out you but, played yeah. closer to like i want to say that february so you right. you played maybe for but i played after, s- a little bit after okay. afr came out but yeah yeah that's yeah eight eight nine months okay um for about four ish sets yeah so i i feel like for us, that period, it feels like longer in retrospect because it was four sets. The sets yeah. were further spaced apart. That's um, a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, maybe like that. 
that was a, a point in time that I feel felt longer because that's when I was getting into magic and that's what I was like giving that explanation to. But it probably has something to do as well with like these sets were coming out in longer intervals of each other. Whereas now it just kind of feels like we're rolling on a rolling off the deep end with yeah. just like thing after thing after thing here. Um, but no, that's, that's really interesting. I, uh, I definitely, you know, for, for people who have been into it and want to get back into it, it's very frustrating for me to see them just print so much stuff constantly. Like commander is sadly probably the most approachable format because you can just kind of roll up with anything and it'll work sometimes. But even with that, like it just constantly changing and evolving and shifting. And now old cards are obsolete and new card came out. That's one mana less or something like that, you know, at instant speed yeah, or instant speed instead of sorcery. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully one day we could get you back to play a game with us. Even with the old Omnath deck, I'm sure we could run a pod back. That, that is a nice part. I guess there's like a, a double-edged sword kind of thing with Commander of like, it's kind of overwhelming as a new player because like everything is available, but that's also one of the things that kind of makes it approachable is like, you're not worried about I'm going to buy these cards and then in like two years, like I can't use them anymore. Mm. It's like it, it is, you know, evergreen in that sense. So I can't always come back with my deck and just play like that yeah. is that is cool. There's there's no limitation there. The only limitation comes with, you know, I guess it depends who you're playing with. Right. If you're playing with a pod that is very focused on being competitive and is very focused on having up to date stuff then maybe like that becomes a little bit less feasible. Whereas if you're playing with a pod that's just like throwing around casual decks for fun and not really paying attention to what's going on on the board, like you got a different scenario there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's been a, a wild journey, I feel like, since since you came into it and, and left. But uh, if again ever you you one day want to hop back in with us we'd be happy to take you along and play some fair decks we, yeah we, we could to. scale it and i think mark put together a cool little game for you if you want to give that a oh, shot yes right. we, we have organized a fun little thing here with uh, a bunch of cards that have come out since you stopped playing magic uh, we have a bunch of cards in here that we would consider to be really good in Commander. Mm -hmm. Or really bad. Well, there's, yes, one, there's card. one card in here that we consider to be maybe not so good in okay. Commander. I'm sure there are people who are going to find a way to make this the most busted card ever. Sure. But as far as we know... It's a there's, real stinker. There's a real stinker <laughs> among, these, uh, among these cards, yeah. So um, I'll probably read them off to you, All right. let you see them, let you look at them, maybe get your thoughts on each one. And Be then... sure to fold them in half and put a crease mm -hmm. down the middle. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't tell you how much don't do these that on cards the one... are worth. Yeah, just don't, just don't do it on my mind, only on everyone yeah, else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of Ron's cards is in here. Okay. He doesn't want you to fold I think I have that like one two in half. there. Um, so let's start off with some common cards. We have a card called Ren's Resolve. It's one in a red. It's a sorcery. 
It says, exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. You can have a look at that one. First impressions on that bad boy. You speechless. Is this a common, like, does this feel red to you? I'd say, I mean, to me it does because red is a color of impulsivity and uh-huh. you're exiling the top of your library. Sure. So you're not going to get to play them after the end of your next turn. Not it, this turn, but the end of your next turn. For that it card. maybe feels slightly less red than when like you and me mm-hmm. were playing Magic. Red right. definitely felt slightly different. At this point in time, that feels like... Uh, pretty red it's card. a very red card okay. now but, yeah. but back in back when we were playing it might have felt slightly less red i would say i think i'm trying to like picture why i would want to like the kind of red deck that i'm playing that i would want to exile and then play i guess you know i guess creating it, it's essentially it's, it's almost essentially like card draw kind of sure but only i guess like, so you know temporary you get you get it yeah fast card draw fast card draw and then goes away so that's the first one there we have a card called uh lorian revealed it's another sorcery it's three colorless and two blue uh it is it says draw three cards and then it also has the ability called island cycling island cycling says you pay one you discard this card, search your library for an island card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. Okay. That was a lot of words, but... Yeah, so what either you, basically uh, you draw a bunch of cards, or you just discard this card and go find an island. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll read this. I'll let you read the, uh, the next the one. The next one. Uh, we have a card called Dragon's Rage Channeler. It is a red mana 1-1 one, one creature, human shaman. I just realized this card came out while you were playing Magic the Gathering, but it was in the middle of that time, so it's not like older than you Uh or anything. Mark wanted to put as many red cards in here as possible. (laughs) So it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, surveil one. That means look at the top card of your library, and you can choose to either put that in your grave or just keep it there. So it's like scrying, but you put it in your grave instead. Okay. Uh, it also has delirium. As long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, it gets plus two, plus two, and has flying and needs to attack each turn. Okay. That sounds fun. We have Tyvar's Stand. It is a green instant. It's green and X, so you can pay as much mana into it as you want. It says target creature you control gets plus X plus X and gains hexproof and indestructible until end of the turn. Damn. We have it's a, it's a good reaction. I know, right? It, it, that's a card that's that's come out. Um, this, you know what? I'm taking that card out because that hasn't come out since you. That's come out before you were playing. Uh, there is this card called Terra Sunder. It is one green and one colorless. It's an instant speed spell. Uh, it has a kicker cost of one black and one colorless. It says, exile target artifact or enchantment. If this spell was kicked, which means you paid the cost in addition to it being cast, exile target non-land permanent instead. All right, and now we're getting to the rares and mythics of what we've got ready for you here. We've got Radadrabic of Urborg. 
It is a four mana legendary creature zombie wizard, white, black, and two colorless. Has vigilance in ward two. Other zombies you control have vigilance, and whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary and it's a two two black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. So that's a beautiful card. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the cool stained glass art treatments. Um, I gotta say the stained art stained glass art treatment is one of my favorites of recent time. Okay. Okay. Then we have Ashiok, Wicked Manipulator. This is a five-mana Planeswalker. If you would pay life while your library has at least that many cards in it, exile that many cards from the top of your library instead. That's just the static ability. The plus one says look at the top two cards of your library, exile one of them, and put the other into your hand. The minus two ability says create two one one black nightmare creature tokens, and those tokens have uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if a card was put into exile this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. I have the token here for you to look at. Yeah. Um, and then the ultimate is target player exiles the top X cards of their library, where X is the total mana value of cards you own in exile. Sounds pretty. I, ha- I always have to like read a card to actually yeah, understand that. Is, that is that is a sounds, wordy card. There, that, that, sounded, that is a mini novella. That over there, sounded yeah. pretty insane. It sounds like there's like yeah, there's a lot sounds going like a on lot there. that you can do with that. Um, okay. And then last yeah. but not least, or maybe least, you don't know. Uh, we have Shieldred the Apocalypse. It's a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. It costs two black and two colorless. It has Death Touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. It's a four or five, right? It's a four or five, yeah. So sorry if uh, the listeners listening just had like a whole mouthful of cards, but uh, a mouthful of words talked at him. But Jake is having a gander at these cards right now, and uh, we'll see what he says, which one he thinks is the stinker of the bunch. Okay, so my like puzzle solving brain is trying to reconcile the fact that like there's two cards that I'd have to like double check if those are actually valuable. <laughs> well, like, they mecha- are mecha- Mechanically. They're mechanically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, good, let's say. Um, right. And then there's two cards that are not sleeved. And m- my question is, does that mean that one of those is the stinker because you don't care about it? So let's, let's put it this way. Um, certain cards that are... It doesn't necessarily mean that if a card is expensive, it's good, and if a card is cheap, it's bad. Yeah, also, Mark does tend to double-sleeve more of his True. cards than I do. Can we do this, though? I'm going to eliminate four of these. Eliminate you... four of them, those being good cards, correct? Right. right. Okay. And which four are you eliminating? eliminating... I've eliminated Dragon's Rage, Channeler. Uh, Radadrabic. Radadrabic. Shieldred. And Ashiok. Ashiok. I'm not gonna lie to you. Shieldred's so fucking nuts. It's it doesn't even. Am I still? I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> we'll, we'll reveal it to you at the end. Yeah, okay. we'll reveal it at the end. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. You guys, you guys, chat for a second. Okay. These. Yeah. All right. So I mean, um, yeah. Well, well, these are all kind of cards that I uh, I picked out of, or me me Ron and Cody picked out of the more recent sets since Jake's been around and. Uh, 
a lot of them see a good amount of play. Some of them especially see CEDH play. Yes. Oh, yes. Which cannot, sometimes is not the most obvious thing. So uh, cards that seem like they do not much can maybe do, do a whole a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah. I'll reveal the card that we uh, we didn't show Jake uh, because that card is before Jake's time, not after it. Uh, Teamer Sabretooth. Uh, that card uh, goes pretty crazy with a certain CDH staple known as Dockside Extortionist. Gross. Hey, we discovered how to break Dockside. <laughs> well, it's possible, right? So this is run in all kinds of decks where you could keep bouncing Dockside and playing Dockside again for Dockside reasons. But uh, to generate infinite mana and and infinite creature ETB and all that fun stuff. So um that that was the one we eliminated off the bat since that was before uh before jake's time rather than after i'm gonna feel real dumb if i get this wrong but also i'll give myself grace you should give yourself grace because Um, we did not make this obvious okay Mm -hmm. so just off of instinct um and and maybe i'm totally off because i'm not in touch with what good cost is for for card draw mm-hmm. um is it this one lorian revealed lorian revealed is jake's answer his final answer yes it, yeah all right jake has picked the wrong card okay. okay wait can i have a hint uh do you want uh what kind of hint do you want do you want like a second guess oh, yeah. tell you, i can tell you which one yeah. it is I'll I'll tell you this. It was it was one of the first four that you put aside. Okay. Yeah. So let's see. If yeah, I'll I'll uh a little bit about Lorian revealed is and why it's actually pretty good. Island cycling for one is uh or general land cycling is for for one mana is really good mm-hmm. because this gets you potentially a dual land or a triome oh, to your okay. hand. It's good early in the game so that you can go get your land drop. And even if it's like later in the game and you don't necessarily need the land, it still has utility as, as the spell. Draw. It's almost like the island cycling is actually the useful part. And then the draw mm. three cards is like the extra utility. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, but, Five mana is a lot of mana to spend on drawing three cards in blue. On top of all that, it is a blue card. So it can be exiled to force, of, force will. of will. A blue counter spell that requires you to exile a blue card from your hand. Okay. Is it either... Dragon's Rage Channeler or Radadrabic? I think you should pick one. Yeah, pick one. Um, I don't know. Dragon's Rage Channeler? Dragon's Rage Channeler is not the card. Okay. Ron, do the ant thing. <clears throat> Dragon's Rage Channeler is a really solid red one drop uh-huh. that gives pretty decent card selection, especially when you consider red is a color that could use extra card sure. advantage and selection. Also, um, if you're playing it in other colors that may have ways to use those cards in, in your graveyard right. or just wants to dig a little further down, 
it's always great. It's, yeah. Is it the best red one drop around? Probably not. But is it one of the top five? Yeah, probably. It's played in modern, I think. It sometimes. is. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's, it's no dash them. monkey, but it's no, it's, it's, no, it's monkey. no monkey, monkey. All right. Do you want to? Should we reveal it to I you? Do you want so. one more last chance? I don't at this? know that. I would need another hint, I guess. Okay, uh, you picked between... It is a black card. It is a purely black card. Okay, so I was totally off. Uh, <laughs> is it Ashiok? It is it's indeed Ash. Ding, Ashiok. Ding, ding. So, I guess, yeah, so I'm having not played a lot of black um, or exile... I, Listen, I guess, we gave you a real curveball because yeah. that has so many words on it. Mm -hmm. But it has so many words that, like, even I... They're very niche. It's niche. At it's, best. <laughs> it exiles a lot of your cards, right? So you can't even really play them later. Like... You could very easily uh, exile your win conditions. Yeah, your, your combo pieces, your win conditions. And, yeah, I, I literally don't see a way on this card to get the exiled cards back. No, like they, one they, they just I, use your. I will say, as you were reading it, I was like, okay, like I do run my Prosper deck that cares about exiling right. cards, like Ren's Resolve, right? And so I'm thinking maybe in that deck it might be okay, but even then, how much mana does Ashiok cost? Five mana. Yeah, there are so many better options to play with your exile zone, and and this is in a commander deck with red and black. No, yeah. and I mean, there's no way to get the cards out of exile to use in Prosper. Sure, and I'm like, okay, it's cool. Maybe she can create some creatures that will get pretty big because I exile a lot of cards anyways. But even then, I thought about it. I'm like, I usually play my cards in exile. That's what you want to do with cards when you set them aside in a zone that nobody can interact with. Mm -hmm. I think this has been a little, uh, like, I don't know, maybe just, just goes to show that there are so many new magic cards printed, like, all the time that it's so hard to keep track of, right. like, any one of them. This, this Ashiok is from the newest set. It's uh, the only planeswalker. The only planeswalker set. in that set. It's one of however many cards are in this new set that are potentially good in this, that, the other thing. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if we're completely wrong about this. And like next year, someone figures out this card is absolutely nuts and uh, goes crazy with it. And, you know, it becomes a new combo piece somehow. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but as of now, it's like a $2 mythic or something. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of these are all at the very least solid, if not part of like combo win yeah Shieldred is just absolutely busted in so She's many different formats right now like in standard yeah, that one, and legacy and commander the, the, yeah i mean again i haven't played a ton of black but i mean that was just reminding me of when i was trying to build that aloro deck oh, and just like yeah. all the all the kind of black cards that you can try and combo together of like life gain and dealing damage you want to take and drawing a, cards and stuff and oh yeah like you get it all on one body yeah. and it's so nuts you want to take a stab at how much uh shieldred costs this is how many sets ago this is too many but let's uh, say uh one year ago ish this came out a year ago right Dominaria Remast. Dominaria United, United. United came out about a year ago. She also did get a reprint in, in uh, All Will Be One, but that yeah. was like... Let's say it came out about a year ago. 15 bucks. 
You think it's a fifteen dollar? That is a very card. reasonable answer, Jay. That's what it should. It is cost. completely wrong. Fifty dollars. You're getting You're closer. You're getting warmer. Seventy-one. Yeah. yeah. Like Seventy pretty much is like the average. I think it's like sixty-eight. Sixty to seventy is is. And then there's like a cooler art hmm. that I have. It's more somewhere money. between sixty-eight and seventy, Mark. Yeah, somewhere, 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 somewhere between, between like there, 68 yeah. and like 75 or something yeah, to be but, more realistic. But yeah, no, this card is actually so busted in so yeah, many It came formats. out, uh, yeah, literally um, last year ago, exactly, yeah, 9922. There you go. Is when the set was released. But um, in, in Standard, in Modern, in Pioneer, in Commander, in, in everything. I'm sure Legacy, though we don't talk about it. Yeah, like, there, there's a, any anywhere you could run this card effectively, you probably do. It's absolutely nuts. It's such a big tax on your opponent to draw cards. Um, and they need it, to draw cards to find the answer to it. Like, man, I yeah. should put it back into Conrad. <laughs> it would not be a bad include. But yeah, so uh, that was our little game. I'm glad you had some fun with it, I hope, and got to learn yeah. about some of the newer cards. I hope it wasn't terribly boring to hear me miss all of that. No. No. no, It's interesting to see what your thoughts were because I do tend to feel like you're pretty good at analyzing game pieces and I think, stuff. So. I think that was another factor of... of getting burned out was like to understand how all these cards are good. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that's just in general insane. I mean, if someone, you know, taxing someone for drawing a card is, is obviously like always going to be like really powerful, but some of the other ones, it's like, you kind of have to keep up with the meta to yeah. understand when things are good and when they're not. And right. We, I, I can't even imagine. Like, we're throwing, like, a five-mana sorcery at you and being yeah. like, this is better than this this five-mana mythic planeswalker. Right. It's like, how do you, how do you see that? Like, yeah. You know, I guess you can always, like, come in and out of the game. It's like, you know, we, we started playing the game long after Magic started. Like, mm-hmm. you can always learn where wherever things are at, but to, like, keep up with it is... A lot. Yeah. It's very taxing. And thinking about it's just gonna keep going. Like it's not gonna end. Like Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. It's cool in some ways, but it's overwhelming, but it is cool that like you are basically forever gonna have a fresh game space to play in. Um, but I think it's really balancing that with the rest of your life, your you know, kind of relationship with the game but also like with your wallet with your wallet with your time like with the people in your life sometimes yeah, <laughs> like literally like there's so much time you could spend like oh new sets coming out they just released the full set list let me run through it let me analyze these cards 20 different ways from commander to standard to limited play to draft like it's it, it's very overwhelming sometimes. So you really, I think, have to be very selective. And it's kind of a thing that they have even said at this point is you have to be like not every product is for you is kind of what they've started to say because like, yeah. There's so many. You can't right. do it all. I have a lot of problems with that philosophy, but yeah, it's I agree it with is. you, man. It's It should be as accessible as possible and as easy to get into as possible we like games i think with low uh entry what's it called low floors and high ceiling is that what i'm thinking of yeah yeah easy to play hard to master mm -hmm. easy to play hard to master you you can get into the game by 
you know, putting a, a pile of cards together and it'll work. But to be really good, got to be on top of all this stuff. I, I think they do need to keep that floor low as best as they can. Um, but yeah, I with that, it was absolutely awesome having you on, Jake. Thank you for having me. Great <laughs> talking yeah. with you. Thanks for coming through. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to have you back on again one day. Perhaps we'll do more of these silly little card games with you, too. Maybe when I'm actually like playing the game. Hey, <laughs> you playing the game again. Who, I might have more to say just as a non-player sometimes. So that's yeah. the Who thing knows. is like that's the other reason why you I feel like you as a different perspective than all of us have a lot of interesting points to to bring up and it's always appreciated thanks man i agree yeah we should play commander sometime let's do it i'll make a great deal with you if you play commander oh, with us no. sometime soon. oh no it's already starting politicking before the game even starts <laughs> i'm gonna run a smear campaign <laughs> yeah we're gonna start running ron smear campaigns before ron the game cheats. starts <laughs> actually he tried cheating last night <laughs> ron successfully cheated last night guys i decked myself what do you want from me oh yeah but you also tried to yourself. skip 10 whole uh numbers you guys remember you did try to do that i was accidentally was though I, there was I, one other accident uh-huh. there it was quite a few beers accidental and <laughs> i'm gonna bring up one thing there was the stacks piece on the board that said you could only play one spell per turn. How many spells did you play that turn, Ron? I I think like two maybe. But Illegal nobody play. but nobody caught it and then three turns later <laughs> I realized it and then like we were like, "Oh, like are we going to go back for it?" No, but that's how commander is sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot to keep track yeah, of. And to be fair, the player who played that stack piece wasn't really paying attention to it either. <laughs> so, I, I I really would like you know, to see you guys doing like some presidential style debates, like really just get hard into the pol- politicking. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you talk about your smear suits. campaigns. I want like a, you know, a, a, Ron is bad for this country. <laughs> <laughs> Ron is bad for this game. Ron needs to be extradited. <laughs> <laughs> the more Ron we have in our play group, the less playing we playing actually we do let's playing we actually <laughs> my name is cody bone and i approve this message my name is cody bone and i am here to counter your spells and make sure you don't cody get to play bone a game and counters I your spells instead of letting you play magic I, I very rarely counter spells i just want to also play my spells on your turn whose turn is it not <laughs> our yours, turn cody bowen time to cast spells this is fun i like this idea very grayscale much. slow-mo thing of him looking at your card and like bending the corner <laughs> Cody Bowen licks pain. <laughs> touches paint. Touches paint. <laughs> Cody touches paint Bowen. <laughs> Gotta change your contact name, bro. Well, with uh, with that smear campaign well on the way, I think we're going to call it there. It was great having you on again, Jake. Great Thank talking you with you guys and yeah. uh, just uh, rolling through another one of these fun episodes, man. I agree. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, I guess I'll see you at work sometime. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. This was great. Yeah. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it, thanks, man. Guys. All Sweet. right. Until next time. Goodbye. Adios. Bye con Dios. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>